Good morning, Saskatchewan, and uh, welcome to this uh, beautiful, crispy, <laughs> brown... Brown Christmas? Brown, no, brown, brown New Year's Eve. <laughs> so, happy yeah, New Year's it, Eve, happy everyone. Happy New, New Year's Eve, everybody, and uh, welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Dominick, and with me, my daughter, Jill, uh, and uh, give us a call. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and that's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and that's both in phone calls or here on the text. Now I know we've been gone for the last few weeks. We've been has a pre-recorded show for the last couple of weeks because we were away and uh, enjoying and Mexico, enjoying Mexico with all the grandkids and everything else. So twenty one of us down there it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it was good. We had uh, Rick buried in the sand a few times. He was a mermaid or a merman. Yeah, the, I, the kids got a, got their way with me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they had so much fun. You're such a good sport too. You and Mum both uh, grandparents that are very active in their kids' lives and or grandkids' lives, and uh, uh, you guys were in the surfing the waves and getting buried in the sand and telling me not to breathe you're yeah. cracking the sand <laughs> don't breathe <laughs> we had lots of fun it was good it was good um so anyways uh jill what do we um with 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 new year's here now i mean we see that there's uh, no not much snow the temperatures have been okay Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's one thing that's been good about this. The temperature's been okay, but you know, for the plants, I, I always think about the plants, and I came thinking, oh, no snow, well, no snow. And you know what? I, I look back at even this past week for myself, yeah. and then Christmas happened, and it was like we need to take down the Christmas tree. So that was the number one thing. And sometimes I'll like take it down and maybe stick it in the snowbank for a little bit. But without the snow, I was like, I can't do that. It's got to like get tossed away to the to the dump so i took it to the dump in saskatoon and usually there is a bunch of places all over the city where you can take them and this year i think they're wising up a little bit like let's let's do things smarter not not harder and so there's only one location that you can take and it's right at the city landfill and i looked at regina as well and they're they're the same way and so um just take your tree i put a tree bag around my remember i put my tree up like in you, November, you put it up early. like as soon as the trees arrived, like yeah. November 15th, my tree was up and it would, when I got back from Mexico, cause it wasn't watered that week, yeah. it was crispy, yeah. like beyond crispy. I felt yeah. like maybe I should take like spray paint and spray paint the ends because they're turning a little <laughs> bit brown, but I took a tree bag and I covered my tree up and I put it in my SUV and I hauled it off to the, to the, to the landfill here. And they actually turn the trees into compost, into wood chips and things like that, that they use in their city parks. Yeah, that's right. So it's a, it's a great program, a great way that we can kind of recycle our trees. And, and you know what? And you can also do that in your own yard. You can. Right? Yeah, you can break it up. all up and, and depending on what kind of mulch you have, whether it works with your mulch. And so a lot of times we have a back corner, we can mulch and those kind of things. Or if you have a compost, mm-hmm. adding, breaking that up and putting it into your compost is a great way to add to the different grass clippings you have and everything else. So it, it helps make that more of a more of a, you know, a balanced type of a, a, like a, a compost. Now, when you drop your tree off, make sure that you t- do a few things. You have to completely undecorate it. If you've put tinsel or anything like that on your tree, it can't go into that. It has to go into the, the garbage yep. if you do that. But otherwise, just take all the ornaments off your tree and then the tree bag has to come off. Now, what I noticed at our landfill, maybe they've changed now because I was there quite early, is they didn't have a place to put your bag when you took it off your tree. So you got to take that back home with you. Oh, okay. So just make sure that you do that. Don't throw the bag in there or else it just causes issues. 
Yep. So it, uh, yeah. So otherwise, just breaking because when it's that crispy like yours was, Jill, it's pretty easy just to break it up, right? <laughs> and then and <laughs> then uh, and then you also have parts of the wood you can let dry out, and you can also use that if you have a little backyard fireplace or whatever. And uh, or some people in you know, an acreage and that have a chipper and then just put it through the chipper and and away you go. You got your own mulch as well. But almost all communities do a program like this now. So yeah. look it up online. Check in with your your local town um, town hall and see yeah. where where you can bring your yeah. Christmas tree. Yeah, most most t- small towns have a have a place where they can put you can put your tree free in the yeah. small towns uh, mm-hmm. as long as you're uh, uh, you know a, a rate payer in that area. They like at our at the landfill at Dundurn, they give you a little you know we have a little uh, basically a pass okay. to get in there. And as long as you're bringing clean wood or tree or garden debuts, it doesn't cost us anything to dump anything into yeah. that area. And then they just chip it up as well and they turn it into compost. So a lot of small towns have that and uh, and and they're still check you know whether you're in Moose Jaw, Swift Current, uh, you know uh, Yorkton. You know, Prince Albert and North Battleford, they all have their own, um, their own type of what they're doing and some places even pick it up still. So, um, so check that out in your local, local city towns and uh, see where you can do that drop off and, and help it help to recycle those, those products and, uh, um, uh, just don't take them out into the country and, and dump them on the side of the ditch. That that's yeah. we live out in the country, and uh, we get that enough. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, we don't need all that. Because I've even seen one Christmas tree it was a windy, and it blew onto the middle of the road and becomes dangerous. Yes, so very dangerous. so it's uh, so let's not do that. So Rick, the next thing I did, I don't know how much time we have left in this segment. I think we got a little bit of time. Um, but uh, the next thing I did is I went outside, and we sold out of live greens at different times during the year. So yep. I actually never got my pots done in front of my house. So after Christmas, we had some extra live greens done and we still have them on 50% off of the store. So if you haven't done this, you can probably go to a garden center and find some greens. Um, but I did up my pots like the day after Christmas because I <laughs> there's no snow and I just, I couldn't help. Like they're empty, they're sitting there and I still want for the winter season things to be welcoming. So maybe you did up your pots earlier. You want to grab some greens and touch them up, trim out some of the brown add some new stuff the thing is with it being so warm and we did this around some of the the corporate places we've planted up in the city you need to refresh them you need to water them when it's this this warm or else they're not going to stay as fresh as they would usually it freezes and they stay green and it looks looks great all winter but uh yeah we're we're seeing that you might need to refresh things so I, i took some cedar and some pine and a little bit of fur and some some twigs and it took me like maybe 20 minutes stuck them in my pots and uh my my front doorstep looks a little bit better. Or if you do have ones that are made up already, then you can take the points that have, you know, fake, yep. you know, fake points head is out of them and exactly and, and de-Christmas I, them. De-Christmas them, but you can still turn them into a winter scene. Yeah, and maybe add some red dogwood to them or some different yeah. uh, pine cones, and then make them more wintry. Wintry winter wonderland. A little bit of spray. You can get some spray snow onto them and that kind of stuff. <laughs> we don't have snow. Usually <laughs> that's the thing. We don't sell much flock stuff because we have so much snow. This year is going to be yeah. everybody's going to be looking for flocked yeah. items let's get yeah. some snow in our lives but so so jill now now that you've uh now that you've taken those trees and that's what we'll talk about in the next segment now you've taken your tree out now your your house looks kind of bare absolutely and now you found your house plants that you kind of stuck into another corner well i put a lot of my house plants upstairs in kind of like the south facing windows so i actually had a friends a few friends come over over the holidays and they looked around they're like 
for somebody who has a garden center, you really don't have a lot of plants in here. And, and I kind of like tuck them away because at Christmas time, I, there's all that other stuff. So my plants kind of go away. And then, yeah, I got to, to reface them so we can maybe touch, touch a little bit about lighting and how to care for them and how to move things around yeah. and those things. And Jill, we do have a text here right now. And, uh, it says, good morning. I'll have a snake plant. Mm-hmm. Three, it's just three leaves. Uh, it hasn't grown in two years. What can I do? It's from Ron. Okay. So most likely if your snake plant's not growing, it's because it probably doesn't have enough light. First of all, um, snake plants, they are considered a low light plant. They can survive in a low light area, but actually they thrive in a highlight area. So if you actually look at where they grow in a natural location, it is quite highlight. So, um, I'd probably add some supplement light to that. I always just check your watering too. Uh, if you are constantly watering it to the point where you're, you're watering it a lot and then you're not watering it for a long period of time, sometimes you can get some root drop as well and root rot happening if it's not in a if it's in a closed container and that will set that plant back to but definitely put it in a brighter area will help um sort of like a south or a west facing window but indirectly from that light so don't put it right in the window but indirectly yeah. from that light and uh and then just watch your watering stick your finger in that soil up to your first or second knuckle make sure it's dry to the touch before you water it and if you're fertilizing in the winter time um i'd probably only fertilize about once a month with a with a house plant and then make sure we, when you do let like said let you saying it's a good way to doing it sticking yeah. your finger into your second knuckle as far as your finger can your index finger can fit into the soil basically on snake plants. Exactly. Right. And, uh, and right, right. As far as it'll go. And then if you don't, if you feel moisture, don't water. But if you don't feel moisture, water thoroughly. So the water comes out the bottom of the pot. It's mm-hmm. not just a couple of cups. Okay. So it's, so it goes right to the bottom of the pot. And then, uh, and if and, your pot doesn't have holes, maybe like, uh, get a pot with yeah. holes or add some drainage in the bottom. And of the that's pot. what I was going to say. It could be that this, a lot of people have snake plants and they, they've been in a, that pot for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it might be time for just one size. They like to be root bound. So just one size larger. Yeah. When you go one size larger, I don't go any bigger than one inch in diameter bigger at a time when we say one size bigger. Yeah. yeah one. To, yeah. Cause a lot of them go into from tens to 12 inch pot to 14 inch pot to 16 inch pot. So, yeah. so, so yeah. in that range. Yeah. That's perfect. So we were also talking about me bringing down all my house plants and putting them into areas. So one thing that you want to watch when you do that, whenever you move a house plant around, especially if it's a fig or something that, that the leaves might drop on it is it's normal. You're changing the environment. So you yep. are going to have a little bit of leaf drop happening on your plants and just don't freak out about it. Don't change your watering habits too much. Consistency is very key with that. Um, but make sure you check the light requirements for your plants. Now we in Saskatchewan, we don't have very much light as it is in the daytime. We just finished having the shortest day of the year, right? Just a few, yep. few weeks, a week ago, it was the shortest yep, the day 23rd. of the year. 23rd. Every day is four minutes longer. <laughs> light, 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 four minutes longer. Um, we have more time to do stuff during the day, but adding some grow lights to it. And it's really neat to see that they're coming out with grow lights that aren't as ugly as you used to see in the past. And you can actually stick them almost like as a stake into your plant and, uh, and really provide some extra light. So our plants right now are probably only getting about six hours of sunlight hours if we have them in a bright area. And normally it's probably about uh, 10 to 12 hours of sunlight is probably be 
more a, a lot more beneficial to that plant. especially if you want some growth if you, especially if you want some growth if yep. you're wanting that plant to go dormant which is what they are all doing you're you're not going to see much growth so that snake plant we were talking about before yep. it's winter time even though you uh, unless you add some supplement light to it you're probably not going to get much more growth in the winter yep. time um, the next thing i like to do is just check my plant over for dead leaves for bugs um, see if there's anything like in the soil that's happening if i want to sort of pop it out of the pot and examine the roots a little bit healthy roots should be like a nice white color and when you kind of rub them with your finger they shouldn't just fall apart and flake off they should sort of just move with your finger if you're you're rubbing them if you find you look at the roots and the roots are sort of turning a, a, a brown or dark brown color and when you rub them they kind of just fall apart usually that that's a sign of your overwatering, or you need to put it into a pot where you might have a little bit more drainage because that extra water is just sitting in the bottom so I like to take some time right now and you can kind of look at your plants and play with them a little bit get rid of those brown leaves and look for bugs now what bugs are we seeing on our house plants this time of year yeah you're going to see spider spider mite and sometimes that's just from bringing a live christmas tree into the house right yeah. it can be they come from that or just been there sort of just sort of you never really noticed them. I, I find that they kind of, they'll start up again as soon as our conditions, the humidity goes down. Um, maybe we're not watering as much. The plant is dry. It goes through a dry spell. And then all of a sudden you'll wake up one day and you'll be like, what happened to my plant? It looks yeah. like it's covered in dust. Yeah. And that's usually, it looks dull. It looks dusty. And if you flip over the leaf, you'll see a little bit of pitting in it. And the webbing on spider mite is very different than webbing on if you just have a regular house spider. Yes. Suppose they see, oh, I have these big spider webs all over my plant. I've got spider mite. Well, that's not, yep. that's just a house spider. But um, you'll see like very, very tiny, tiny webbing. Um, right down, right all along the leaves or the stems. They aren't yeah. going from branch to branch. No. no. Technically, they're just going right on the leaves. You'll see them on, you need a magnifying glass. Almost connects the veins of the, of yeah. the leaves together. And uh, to treat this one, increase your humidity, add pebble trays, which we never talked about yet, but yep. I like to group my plants together in the winter so they can kind of feed off each other's humidity and then put like a, a pot of water or a little tray, put some pebbles in it and then have some water in there and that will sort of yep. evaporate around your plants and add some... And the reason why you have the pebbles for is so that the pot's not sitting in the water. Exactly. Right? It's keeping the pot out of the water and then yet that humidity of that evaporating coming up and then you don't have to worry about having a good pebble tray underneath. You don't have to worry about getting your hardwood floors, you know, wet or, you know, carpet wet or anything like that. And with that, we're talking about the hard, I have hardwood floors too and I do find with putting all these trays under my plants that sometimes the humidity, it just sweats underneath it. Yep. So I usually take a cork mat first yep. and I'll put a cork mat underneath my tray and then I'll put the pebble tray on top. And, and if you maybe like even like you can find some inexpensive trivets that are like cork material too, you can use that as well. And that works great. Um, after we finish doing that, then watering and fertilizing. So in the wintertime, we're watering a little bit less and uh, fertilizing maybe about once every two to three weeks, I would say. And just use it at the same strength as you normally would, um, but do it less often. And if any plants are like your succulents and, and such, I'm not usually fertilizing them very much in the winter time at all. So if you're trying to think how much should I fertilize, take the amount that you're usually watering. And usually if I was in the summertime watering maybe twice a week and I was fertilizing every time I water or, and now I'm maybe watering 
every two weeks. Maybe I'll fertilize every second time I water. Yeah. So you kind of divide it by how much you're watering is how much you should be fertilizing. Which is important too, because if you're using, you know, some of the basic fertilizers, not an organic type, but a basic fertilizer, then you're built, they're, they're made, make up of salts, right? So then if you just keep fertilizing every single time, you're going to build up salts in the plant and then you're going to see little black ends on the, on your leaves and those kind of things. Or even as well. yellowing on your leaves. A lot yeah. of people will, especially hibiscus plants or we'll get questions about that. And there is certain plants that don't like those salts. They prefer those more organic fertilizers. So you will see that salt build up and leaching your soil is really important. Yeah. On the air, right? Live with us, or you can give us a text either way. And you know what? Paul did just that. He gave us a call live on the air. So let's go to Paul. Good morning, Welcome. Paul. Welcome back, you guys. <laughs> Thank hey. you. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Yeah. How was your Christmas? It was excellent. Thank you very much. It was brown, of course. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, a question I have is, like, for for years when we had snow, yep. I, um, I always left my asparagus stalks there to catch the snow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Should I cut them down now, like we have no snow? Um, well, you definitely can cut them down. Asparagus plants, you can, they have to be dormant first, of course, before you cut them, cut them yeah. down. So you can cut them right down because they do come back from the ground just like a perennial every year, right? They come back from the base. Um, so you can cut them back. Uh, you know what? If you're wanting them to catch snow, I'd probably leave them up yep. just in case and then cut them back in the early spring. Um, if you're going to cut them back, then I would add some mulch on top of my plants as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm getting ready to, um, you know, because it's going to get cold. This yeah. week. Yes. I've got lots of leaves. I saved all my leaves, Good. and I'm uh, getting ready to mulch them heavy. Like how much? How much? How many? How much leaves should I put on there? Well, well with those ones, I'd probably build it up maybe about six inches around each yeah, plant. I was going to say about six inches. That'd be perfect. And just ha- having them some way so it doesn't blow away, right, also. So if you decide you want to mulch them, and what you can do is you can you can put them into a bag or something like that so they don't blow away, and you actually leave some of those stalks sticking up, and you can use those stalks to stick your bag right through the stalks, right through the bag type of thing, and that'll keep the bag from blowing away, right? Oh, that's a good idea. Very good idea, yeah. yeah or sometimes we'll take like a, a, a cardboard box but leave the flaps open yep. and then just sort of make a little tunnel with the cardboard box and then you can fill that up with the leaves too yep. and then that helps keep them from blowing Put away. Put some stones and that yeah. kind of stuff on the, out, on the outside flaps of the box so it doesn't blow away, yeah, exactly. Okay. There's lots of yeah, ways you can that. do that. If you have a bigger plant, that might be better. The asparagus, I mean, you'll have probably have quite a few of them so having all those boxes everywhere might look a little silly. Well, yeah, my neighbors are going to be really upset if I lose uh, asparagus because I really don't like it. I, I give it away, you know, yeah. and uh, they'll be really disappointed if I if I lose my asparagus plant. How many years has this crop been in the ground for? Uh, ten years. Okay, so good. it's a quite an old crop. It's 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 a probably a pretty tough crop too. You have good root systems on it, so you're not going to have to worry about losing it as much as maybe somebody who's just putting fresh new asparagus plants into. So that's one benefit that you have is it is an older crop. Yeah, like it, it, they're like weeds. Eh? It's yeah. Like yeah, a bad weed that, but. You know, people like them. They taste good. I have some out in the fields, and they're in the windbreak windbreak row. But then they get the natural mulch that falls from the leaves of the poplar trees, and uh, so that they just keep coming up every year. But um, they have natural mulch, so that's why they do so well. 
Oh, isn't that isn't that beautiful though? Yeah. Eh? The yeah. wild, the wild uh, asparagus. It's just beautiful to have that around. Yeah, yeah it's great. Well, well th- thanks like, so much for your call. Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a great day. You too. Bye. So you can do just like Paul did. Join us in the conversation here, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. And uh, also here, uh, Jill, we um, uh, people, you know, would also have plants around the house and they keep adding to it and that. And yep. here's one caller that uh, Les in Corning says, thank you for your help throughout the year. I look forward to talking to you in the new year as I've added five more plants to our collection. I have no idea what they are. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> have a happy new year. Well, if you're wanting to know what they are, you can always just take a picture and send it to our email address, which is info at dutchgrowers.com. And then we can help you identify those yeah. those plants as well, too, if you need to. So it's yeah. just info at dutchgrowers.com, or you can reach out to us on Facebook But or that's Instagram. always the, the fun thing to do is that, you know, some New Year's resolutions is I'm going to add some more plants to my my my. Uh, my my collection and my house plant collection and obviously this one here you probably either picked them up at a store and uh you know because a lot of times you'll pick up plants that just have a generic tag on them right yep. and just says tropical on it house so plant. House tropical. Plant. and so sometimes that or sometimes you get them given to you from friends right so it's uh, lots of ways you get those um, well, one thing we were talking about before the break, and somebody texted in saying that there's free classes from the University yes. of Saskatchewan. So if you go onto their website, gardening.usask.ca, um, you will pull up. I just, I was, I did think simpler because I can't remember all those kind of things. I just looked up U- University of Saskatchewan gardening <laughs> seminars. You just reminded me of something just now, Dad. So we were in Mexico when he ran into somebody who recognized you from, or oh, the, yeah. from the, from the radio show. Yeah. Right yes. when we were in Mexico, and they're like, "Hey, I listened to the radio show." Oh yes, uh, and, he, and you're like, <laughs> "This is funny." You're like, "Um, yeah." Well, I am Rick, and he, he's like, "You're Rick. You're Rick from the radio show in Saskatchewan." Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, it is." He's this is well, a, it was a lady. It was a lady, and then then she she actually she so we talking a bit, and she says, "Yeah, I listen to your show all the time." And then then she kind of went away. This was, uh, and then she kind of went away for a few minutes, and then she came back to me again. She says, "She says I noticed that uh, that you and your daughter Jill uh, disagree and sort of." <laughs> contradict each other <laughs> we do a little bit but you know what that goes to to show because my kids were even asking they're like grandpa like do you know more than mom about plants and uh <laughs> and you're like well i know probably more than mom does about like the trees and shrubs but your mom knows a lot about like the flowers and the house plants and like all of those things and it, so i i just i find it kind of humorous because we do go back and forth on the show and we do t- contradict or like back and back and forth how many inches of stuff and is, is it six inches or is it eight inches well i would do six inches dad but you would do eight inches well, that's one thing it, and it, that's one thing fun about gardening though yes. because you know what there's not always a right answer it's it's when you have success that's the right answer and everybody has success in different ways yeah and there's some different tricks and different things that work and one thing is is that something that my father yeah. has done like old years school. in old school <laughs> there's some new practices that we exact, now have put exactly. into place and new varieties that are out there and and that's the fun part of being that's, able to work together on this and exactly. and i get to be like Okay, I'm just going to close my mouth right now and let him teach the old school way because that way also does work. It does. So yeah, it's, it's fun. I really enjoy doing this show with you, but we were talking about the University of Saskatchewan and the classes that they have. And we just, hey, Jill, finished... we're going to put that on hold oh, just okay. for a second sure. because before we go to the break here, I want to get on here, Brian from Saskatoon. So let's take your call, Brian, right now. Good morning, Brian. 
Hey, good morning. How's it going, guys? Very good. Hey, I'm just wondering, like, snow ox is kind of a protective barrier. With a lot of cover this year, if we happen to get some 30 below, you're going to kill everybody's lawn, and uh, what can you do in the spring to kind of maybe give your lawn a little extra boost other than fertilizer? Really? Yeah, the lawns are pretty tough. They they can handle it usually. You know, a lot of times you may have to do a little bit of overseeding, and that's not a bad thing to, to help rejuvenate it. But once you just get that lawn and get it fertilized in, in the spring, and uh, and if you do have some spots that, you know, sometimes you get with no snow. I find I had a house that had a, two, had a walkout basement, and when there's no snow, the snow, the sun reflected off the windows onto that piece of uh, grass, and it took a real beating from just being burnt. Oh, in, really? In the middle, I know, uh, middle of wintertime. Yeah, I put some fall fertilizer down, so I should put some spring down as well. Yeah, put you can put some down in the spring. Do it around uh, you know around the first week of May type of thing. You know around the tenth of May, and uh, then that'll help just get it rejuvenated and get it going again. And if you do need to just over do some overseed, there's lots of grass seeds you can just you know take a Canada Number One mix and just with your spreader spread some seed, rake it in so it gets in contact with the soil, doesn't sit on top of the thatch, and then that'll rejuvenate your lawn and just make it thrive again. Hey, okay, thanks guys. Okay, have a great one. We're going to talk to Frank here from Saskatoon. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy I got a question for you, Rick, and one for Jill. Okay, perfect. Can can a person use too much bone meal? Too much bone meal. That's pretty hard. I mean, you can use too much of anything, right? If you just keep, you take a whole bucket or a bag of it and dump it, you know, you just got you got too much of one thing and not enough soil and not enough everything else. But it's pretty hard with, with bone meal. It's pretty hard to go too much. The, the reason I ask is because last spring I brought my glads up and potted them and put them out in the south side like I always do. Yep. And uh, they grew, well, when I put them out, they were about 16 inches, 20 inches high. I put them out and uh, they did nothing. Had the nice green leaves and they waited and waited and waited. So finally I dug them up. What I grew was a new bulb. Okay, yep. Right on top of the old bulb. Yep. I'd never seen that before. So I put them in the basement, and I thought, I, well, I'll just leave them, and I now put them in the cold room. But one's got a shoot on it, so I put it, I, I put it in a cold spot in the basement already and got it covered up in peat moss. And that's my question. Uh, so they prob- well, what they probably one, did then, go ahead, One Joan. thing I was just reading about is which if you use too much bone meal, it can um, help bring out other nutrients in your plants too much, like the zinc and the iron can be deficient. Yeah. You'll start seeing yellow leaves on them. You'll start seeing the plant deteriorate a little bit. So if you do find that maybe you have used a little bit of too much bone meal, you, you think that, I would maybe add a little bit of that iron back into your into your plants this next yeah. season, and that might help you out as well. Yeah. But most, most, even the bone meals, any fertilizers that they do have a recommendation on the container. Yeah. And uh, you're best to go by that. And like with a b- small bulb of that, you're only talking about you know one or two tablespoons, right? That's all you really need. Mm-hmm. I use bone meal quite a bit, especially yeah. on my tomatoes. Yeah. And so just my a, tomato patch is 37 years old, Rick. Yes. And I give tomatoes away every year. I love that. <laughs> I love that. This this last year was a bumper crop for everybody. It was oh, incredible. Yeah. 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 Now, okay, Jill. Okay. I uh, my daughter bought a hyacinth uh, in the spring. We're in in the grocery store. Okay. And it wasn't out in bloom yet, but she just loves the smell of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, had it on the kitchen table. Oh, it's great. And uh, 
then finally died down, and I put it outside on the special stand. I have for special plants out on the east side of the building. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it, it grew, and it withstood the rain, and I watered it and the winds and whatever, and it died right down to nothing. Yep. Then I went out this fall, well, September time, I guess, and I looked at it, and here's a little ring of, of leaves, a little ring of green about between the size of a quarter and a dollar coming up. And it, they grew about a quarter of an inch high. Yep. And I thought, I'm going to take that inside. So I took it inside. In a couple of days, there was a little blue, almost looked like a little primrose. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then there was another little one. So, okay, finally they died off. And this, then some leaves came up there about two and a half inches high. And, uh, but this one leaf, it's pretty sturdy. You know, it's got some uh, meat on it, if you know what I mean. Yep. Yep. And the other leaves are kind of droopy looking. So I was going to stick it in the basement and see what happens. I'll bring it up in the spring. Yeah, so that's, that's the one thing is, is if you did not let it go dormant, um, like, and you just kept keeping it growing, like what you said, and you saw some little leaves and some little tiny blooms, that's yeah. pretty much what it's going to do for you. And it's, you're not going to get that full power, that big bloom in the future. So what yeah. you need to do is you need to give it a rest now. So you need to sort of decrease your watering, let it die back down into the bulb and put it into cold storage. And yep. it needs to go into cold storage for about eight to 10 weeks. It's around four degrees. Okay. Like a fridge yeah. type of thing, right? Okay. And what that's going to do is it's going to seal that energy into that bulb, give it a break. And then that's when, again, come into a February, you can plant that back up and 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 enjoy that fragrance of those blooms. Yeah, it's just incredible. <laughs> it's yeah. just incredible. But yes, definitely, that's what you what you want to do is put it okay. down to that basement into that cold storage to help give it a little bit of a rest, and then it will bloom again for you. Okay, thank you very much. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Thanks Happy for calling. Bye. So that's how you can join us here, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I got a couple of uh, e- texts we have to take care of, Jill. So uh, here, this one here is from Kevin from Saskatoon. Good morning and Happy New Year. Question is, since the weather's been warm and with the lack of snow, is it okay to prune shrubs? Absolutely. I was out pruning shrubs. I took the heads off of my hydrangea plants. I pruned yep. my wigilia. I kind of topped my some of my cedars a little bit because they were just getting to the point where like they're covering the top of the window and you never want to trim them trim them into brown so i did a little bit of that um pruning my perennials i hadn't had a chance to do it because hockey season seemed like it was crazy <laughs> this fall so my um sedums were were about two feet tall i cut yeah. those down my daylilies i cut those down and you know how much new growth is coming off the bottom of my daylilies so much new growth i have green leaves coming up so I took some mulch, some cedar mulch, which I have around, and I sort of piled it up around my perennials. Yeah, because that's important. Everybody should be doing that. With this cold weather coming up with no snow, we definitely should be mulching. Yeah, it's crazy, all that new growth that's coming. Yeah. I'm just, I was a little bit worried with that, all that new growth and then this weather that's changing right away. Crazy so. to say that we're seeing mulch in January. Yeah, but, so we'll know. grab a, some cedar mulch or yeah. some pine bark mulch, and uh, you might want to add some of that to your perennials this yeah, year. Absolutely. Um, here also, Jill, uh, we have here, um, I have, I have a pineapple plant where the pineapples itself is turning yellow. The plant looks nice and green. Is there any issues? Do you think, uh, if the pineapple itself is turning yellow, it just means that that pineapple is most likely, uh, ripe now. So it's, it's, it's turning, turning ripe. Uh, it's ripening. And after you've harvested your pineapple, you, 
need to give the plant a little bit of a break and you'll get a pop off the side of that pineapple plant and that's which plant is going to be produce your next pineapple. And uh, there's a process with that where you can put an apple in a bag and help it help it flower faster for you. So if you want to look into that a little bit more, you can uh, you can read up a little bit about that or just stop into the, the garden centers and we can walk you through that process. But if your pineapple is turning yellow, it'd be one of two reasons. Uh, either the pineapple is ripe and already done or um, B, maybe a little bit too much watering and it's rotting off on there. Okay, I got another one here too. Um, my lemon tree has lost all this leaf. Is this normal uh, after being brought from in from outside? 100% normal. Uh, a lot of times the lemon plants, because they the light conditions are so different, they'll drop all their leaves and they get really mad at you. And then the stress actually forces them to bloom. So I've seen so many indoor lemon plants in Saskatchewan. And it's the weirdest thing. And they have no leaves on them. They're bare. And then they have these big fruit on them in the wintertime. So definitely uh, keep caring for your plant as per normal. If you want to add some supplement light to get some new growth on there and continue fertilizing it through the winter season. That's what you need to do, but it's not dead. Don't give up on it yet. Okay. And also, um, um, from Prince Albert to Gladys, I hope that you will do little information talk and we can do that another time than today, but you might be able to give a little more information here is on milkweed and the monarch butterfly. We would have hope to getting monarch butterflies in Prince Albert. What type of milkweed would we grow and not be overcome with the weed? Yeah, well, milkweed, and that's actually we can we're we're gonna dive a little bit more into pollinators because that's one of the huge trends. So stay tuned on one of our on our segments in the future because we'll we'll definitely dive into. And there's into a whole that. bunch of other plants. Uh, we supply a bunch of plants to the Saskatoon Zoo and Forest yeah, Farm and Zoo for the, for the butterfly garden. So we sponsor that, and so we'll get into talking about that more in the, in in the wintertime here about what plants you can get for that as well. But you know what, Jill, really quickly about. 10 seconds. Yep. U of S gardening classes. So U of S gardening classes, U of S dot CA. Uh, you can go there. There's one coming up on the fourth and it's about vegetable gardening. So you can learn about beets and different things you can do. And then they, they're about two hours long. They're free and a ju- uh, mint is coming up on January 11th. So anyways, thank you for joining us here on Garden Talk. Join us next week again and happy new year, everybody. And this is Rick and Jill uh, on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME.